the nine-minute cameo from David Silva last Friday was as a final appearance at the Etihad in a City shirt in a competitive game at least. Uh, there are plans for a proper send-off when it's safe for fans to return to stadiums, but for now it's goodbye to the playmaker who has been a crucial part of City's success over the last decade behind closed doors. I've been looking at the legacy that he leaves behind. Sometimes it's hard to say goodbye. The black and white photo was a, a real tugger that heartstrings, wasn't it? I think I speak for all City fans when I say that was a very sad moment. My principal emotion was pride at how this wonderful, wonderful footballer was given the best years of his career to City. As Richard Burns explains, it's not just the City fans who are waving David Silva off. We sort of think of us as fans having one last look at David Silva, but then Silva posts that picture and it's like, God, yeah, he has to have one last look at the Etihad. Dan Burke feels honoured to have seen a player of Silva's quality at the Etihad for so long. We could have played for any club we wanted to, but I think it speaks volumes about the culture that's been created at City that a player like David Silva didn't feel like he needed to play for anyone else. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk when we sign players like Silva, Yaya Torre and Sergio Aguero, that they were just mercenaries who were only coming to City for the money. But, you know, 10 years down the line, they've made loads of brilliant history and made a few people eat their words, I think. Adam Carter thinks it's been harder to deal with because of how long Silva's exit has been planned. We've not had to deal with these kind of exits where we've known they've been coming for such a long time, but this one's been really drawn out and just with each passing day it gets a bit more sad, really. Looking back through Silva's career, he actually played at the Etihad before he signed for City in 2010. It was for Valencia in the Thomas Cook Trophy where he scored the only goal of the game. Neda Manua was in City's team that day back in 2007. I just remember thinking, like, we thought we were going to be good at City, but oh lord, were they good. You're the only one of us that's, that's ever got near to playing with him. What was he like? Oh wow, to be fair, you say that, I didn't get that close either. I tried my best, but, you know, he's just he's David Silva. He's, he's, do you know what he is? So he's, he's a magician. While we all think of the moments of skill or his goals and assists, Anua says that Silva has a much more rounded view of his performances. When I spoke to Joe Hart about David Silva, he said, like, David could play the best pass you've ever seen in the history of the world, like, say, his volley through to Zeko, to Zeko or whatever, at Old Trafford. But after the game, all he want to talk about is a moment where maybe he made a tackle or won a header. So if he's not going to do it, let us do it. Let's celebrate Silva's highlights at City, starting off with his first ever goal. It was away at Red Bull Salzburg in the Europa League in just his seventh game, and shock horror, it was with his right foot. That Salzburg goal in that lovely Umbro kit, only David could conjure up something that special for being such a one-footed player to actually create that with his right foot. The more standout goal though was five games later against Blackpool. It was kind of a Messi-esque dribble, cut pack, you think he's going to shoot there and then he sends Charlie for another pint of milk, Charlie Adam then sends him for another one and then finally slots it into the far corner. Uh, something we've not really seen since like King Cladzi or maybe a bit from Benabia so we were really Oh, that really opened our eyes as to what David could bring. His first season was a major success. In his 50th appearance, he helped City qualify for the Champions League for the first ever time. Then, in his 51st, he won the FA Cup. 
Early in the next season was that classic assist for Edin Dzeko too in the 6-1 derby win at Old Trafford. He receives the ball in such an unlikely position to play that pass, but he receives it with his, his body shape being impeccable. He times it wonderfully on the volley in a position that made it harder for Dzeko to miss than to score. The title followed at the end of that year, with the second title not far off under new manager Manuel Pellegrini. The performance that stands out in that 2014 season was away at Hull. Not just because he scored his best ever goal that day, but just the way he majestically pulled the strings from midfield. I think City also needed a leader in that game after Vincent Kompany got himself sent off, and I feel like Silva really led by example that day, as he always did. Um, I'm still in shock that he took a shot from that far out. So, you know, this is a this is a guy I've seen pass from inside the six-yard box before now. The next season, Silva marked his 200th appearance for City with two goals against Crystal Palace, before scoring again on his 250th. Unbelievably, it wasn't until Pep Guardiola's second season that he scored his first goal at Wembley, as he won his third League Cup with the club. I think 2017-18 has to be considered Silva's best overall season for City. Uh, you know, he's going through his hair transplant, he had all the difficulties going on off the pitch with his son being born prematurely, and there were times when he wasn't even training with the team, and yet he was consistently putting in 9 or 10 out of 10 performances every week. Um, including that goal against Arsenal in the League Cup, finally got 10 goals that season, which was one of his best scoring seasons for the club, 14 assists as well, and he even made it into the Premier League team of the season, which was uh, a rarity for some reason. With Guardiola, he's won everything but the Champions League, and that could still change this season. There's a school of thought that David Silva might not be a pet player. Now, it's easy to say now that that sounds a bit daft, in terms of how Pep likes his players to play, um, Silva facilitates everything. That attacking play, he gets deep, he mucks in, he works hard. So it's, yeah, in, in retrospect, you can say that we, I suppose we should have seen it coming. A 3-0 win over Wolves in 2019 gave Silva the record for the most appearances in a City shirt in the Premier League past Joe Hart. Here's Adam Carter again from the Stat City website. If anyone deserves it, then it's David. And never a concern off the pitch and always does the right thing on the pitch. A, pro, a star will Never ever forget, a player will never be repeated. His final appearance at the Etihad, that 2-1 win over Real Madrid, was his 435th for City. One more will draw him level with former defender Willy Donaghy and take Silva into the top 10 appearance makers for the club. Two more gives him the 10th spot outright, and Donaghy isn't unhappy to drop to 11th in his place. Just to be talked about in the same breath as him is an honour for me, because he's been a fantastic player for City, won so many things, it's been brilliant for the club, but his just behaviour on the pitch has been superb, what a gentleman. He says it shows what Silva has brought to City. I'll be delighted for him, especially in the modern day, when loyalty isn't so prevalent, to make that number of games at one club is fantastic, and I'll be pleased if they get more and more players like that, especially as I said, in modern society where there's a lack of loyalty. It will show that Man City are being successful when they're looking after the players. All of that depends on Silva playing against Leon and then City making it further into the Champions League. However it ends for him and for City this season, it's fair to say that the last decade has been an absolute blast for both the fans and everybody connected to City. One more time. I'm Clyde Tilsley, 
yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Barmy and I, Barcelona, all that. Yeah, that Clyde Tilsley. Um, you're listening to the Blue Moon Podcast. Enjoy. Get involved with the debate on Twitter at Blue Moon Podcast. Of course, with the news that it's looking like Lazio, where David Silva will move on to, then it might not actually be his final competitive appearance at the Etihad. Uh, all it takes is a meeting between the two sides in the Champions League in, in years to come, Alan. So we, we, yeah. it, might, it might not be it. Exactly. I mean, uh, uh, wouldn't that be a funny, bittersweet moment? Horrid. Really? It'd be absolutely horrid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's... it's. Um, I mean, he's got to get... It should should that happen? Should, should he get... Should, should the gods of probability um, pull that one off? And let's face it, the gods of probability can be fairly cruel to us at times. Um, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a bit. It's yeah. I mean, he's obviously going to get a hero's welcome, isn't he? And uh, if he can, you, if can he, you imagine the Etihad booing his every touch? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> In a word, no. Yeah, it's just not going. It's just not going to happen. But. Um, Seeing him in a city, not seeing him in another club shirt, and it is going to be, it's going to be a very, very sad moment for me. Um, you know, it feels as a, as a fan. What what does it mean to have had someone of his quality at the club for so long? Um, it's vindicating, isn't it? I mean. Um, even I mean, back when I was a kid, and people used to um, laugh at me. Uh, well, one of the reasons they used to laugh at me, anyway, was for supporting Manchester City. And they laughed even more when I said, "Look, we might not be the best we've ever been just lately, but we will be back." And I think even in the doldrums of the second division, people believed that. And that the when the takeover came as that when when people when when clubs were being scouted out for this sort of money to be poured in, I think there's there's there is there is that feeling about City full stop that we're a, a big club that just never stopped believing we were a big club. Sounds like yeah. Stockholm syndrome to me, you know. <laughs> yeah, to a degree it might well be. Are we city are we city fans because we feel like this or do we feel like this because we're city fans? I yeah. don't know. But you know, it, it's it's vindicating. It kind of proves the point we all had all along, you know, that given the right conditions, a player like this, and goodness knows he's, you know, he, he's, I mean, in many ways, he's a quicksilver player. You know, you can't pin him down so easily. You wrote an article not so long ago where you said he wasn't a YouTube player. And I nodded furiously at this because Silver's best moments for me are when he's ghosting around the pitch, popping up in places where you wouldn't think. When he's in the right place at the right time, he has that ability to see a football pitch from above. Does that make sense? I get it. It's incredible. It's it's this 3D thing, the best 3D vision of the of the game that all professional players have to a degree, but he's spooky. He always was something else. 
Jack, I hate to bring this one to you, knowing that knowing full well that uh, who you support, but some of his highlights. I know, I've been reading um, the notes. I can't believe you're doing this to me. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sorry, um, but but that that goal against Blackpool is the one that stands out for many people. Horrendous um, defending. <laughs> it's just incredible football. You can't you can't defend against that. I'm sorry. No, I was stood in the <laughs> sat in the sat in the stands watching it, um, thinking, flipping out, who the hell is this guy? Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, he's just been magnificent, hasn't he, for 10 years. David Silver's a sort of player that you just run out of things to say. It's all, everything to say, everything you need to say about Silver's already been said a million times before. He's just, he's an owl. He's got eyes in the back of his head. He's like, it's, he's been, it's been a real privilege to be able to watch him. Particularly, yeah. so I've, Moved up from Manchester, uh, moved up from London four years ago, just before Pep arrived, and to see like you knew, and before that I didn't really watch, obviously didn't really watch City live that much. Before that, you knew Silver was a fantastic player, but after it, and then to see how his role has changed under Guardiola has just actually been ace. It's one of the best things about the job. Yeah. I've loved it. Do do owls have eyes in the back of the head, or can they just turn the head round? Well, you just turn, turn the head. Round. Yeah, it's more turn the head. I prefer to think of him as having an invisible set of drones above the picture. <laughs> you know, it's just the only way is it. You know, sort of feeding back to him, so he knows exactly where people aren't. You mentioned before about him coming back, and it might not be, you know, might not be his last game at the Etihad. You remember the Zabaleta uh, game when he came back with West Ham? Well, West Ham not getting absolutely battered that day, and he came off or came on. And the whole ground stood as one. Yeah, yeah. It's That's... it's it's destined to happen for if he comes. Whoever of that that kind of twenty twelve to fourteen era comes back, they're they're destined to uh, to to get that sort of uh, reception. Um, Alan, the, the one thing I didn't mention in that piece uh, because there was no time to fit it in was uh, a goal he scored against Queens Park Rangers. Um, the only reason that stands out to me is because of such a good photograph in that black and white kit that is like a, a really nice kit where he's jumped up in the air with his fist in the air in front of the floodlight. Oh yes, that was my God. That was my that was my phone wallpaper for the longest time. Yeah. But yeah. it was it was such a, that was such a good goal. Uh, it, there's it, you don't think of David Silver and, and and that many great goals because he's, he, he no. never wants to bloody shoot, does he? But no, no, he's 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 he's, com- he's comfortable passing from inside the net, really, isn't he? It's, uh... <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that goal, yeah, it was absolutely, yeah, I love that. that you know, it was, it was my it, it was my phone wallpaper for the longest time, and it was. Uh... It says "Hello, sexy" my wallpaper these days. Well, that's another story altogether. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into that another time, I think. Yes, um, we'll draw. Maybe this is not the genre of podcast for that <laughs> sort of revelation. But um, you know, yeah, that QPR goal is, is is absolute elation at it. But you know, he's the most complete player I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I think um, my favourite... No pace, however. No pace. No, no pace. He, Very one-footed and can't shoot from range. Never, it doesn't make any yeah, sense, but here we are. Yeah, but, he did, but he didn't... He's never needed the pace because he's not, he already knows where he's going. Yeah, if that makes sense. He's, he's, his decisions are made so so um, in advance of many of, of, of the players on the pitch. He doesn't need that pace to be where he needs to be. Yeah, it's like a massive, like a massive game of chess. Yes, yeah, it's like the best. It's like the best snooker player, isn't it? You five, you five shots ahead, aren't you? When you're taking, yes, yeah, 
Yes, definitely, definitely. Five shots ahead, and that's always the way he's been. He's, he's he. It, that's just in the right place at the right time. So many times, it's been a privilege to watch him. Jack, you were going to say your your favourite moment was it? Yeah, I was kind of uh, Swan Swansea away a couple of years ago. I think it was the Centurion season. They won four nil, but Silver scored like two goals you'd never expect him to like the first one he both times he'd gone beyond Aguero which he'd not really done that much the season before and it was real kind of like almost like striker's instinct the first one he was just like picked just like kneading across and it's like what the hell is he doing in a six-yard box he just like ghosted from nowhere and then the other one was he played like a lovely one-two with Sterling and dinked it over the keeper and it's just like I don't know he just seemed to Add a bit more goal scoring threat to his to his game over the last couple of years. Um, that gave him an extra. I mean, he didn't need an extra dimension, but it just it was another string to his to his bow. Um, being able to or wanting to to run beyond the the striker with like kind of more regularity, I suppose. I could be wrong, but it felt like he was do- he's been doing that a little bit more. I remember the dink. I didn't really remember the the, the first goal, but it was a. Uh, I, I do I do remember that as one of the standout games that that he had that season, and he had a lot that season as well. 